0: If you guys want to turn to the book of Genesis, chapter 1, verse number 1. I'll give you plenty of time to find it. I know it's one of our more difficult passages to find. Um, Lord willing, you pray with me. Sometime, I think very soon, we are going to start a new study. Uh, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed the study through the book of Acts. I hope you guys did. I learned a good bit of stuff there just going through. Um, I'm, I'm actually working right now, studying... Through Jonah, and it's really, really good book for me. I believe it would be for all of us. So you pray with me. I think sometime soon we're gonna start that study. But Lord, Lord just hit me with something a few days ago and I studied and I actually pulled out one of my one of my own books. Looking looking back through it. I say my own books. This this ain't nothing but a lot of other people's work, but for college I had to write three books. This one's a survey of Genesis, and I had to write the analysis of Nehemiah and the analysis of, of Titus. And then for the doctorate degree, I had to write the book. And then this is the course curriculum book that they use. I had to teach the course according to this book. And that's what they still use. But I was I was looking back through some stuff in there. And the Lord, Lord just really put there. And so I'm, I'm going to just, from the first few pages, I noticed on social media, I had shared the if there was going to be a title like a Sunday morning message. I said it would be defending the gospel or defending the Bible. You can put it. Whichever way you want. And I noticed that they that they put in there, we, we, we'd be doing defending the Bible. And if you want to learn how to defend the Bible, well, that's not quite really what we're going to do. We're not going to learn how, but we are going to, we're going to learn why. Um, we're going to look at some reasons why we have to defend the Word of God. Why it is so important to defend something here like the creation story. Let me put some of this stuff. I've got too much stuff up here. Um, <clears throat> We 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 know, of course, the entire gospel, everything in the Word of God. We we know it's written by the Holy Spirit. We understand it's the Holy Spirit that inspired men. We know that Moses is the one that actually penned the book of Genesis. as He penned all the first five books of the Bible, or the Pentateuch, as they're called. And he penned all of them. But we know that Moses couldn't have written it without the moving of the Holy Spirit. Because he wasn't alive. There There's only three people that are eligible to write Genesis 1. I mean, you, you can't tell the creation story if you weren't there. Fair enough? You, you, you can tell what you heard about something, what somebody said about something, but you can't tell how something began. You can't tell it unless you were there. Well, there wasn't but wasn't but three people there. We've got God the Father, God the Son, and, and God the Holy Spirit. It simply says in Genesis 1:1, in the beginning... God. So Genesis 1-2 says that it was the Spirit of God that moved upon the face of the waters. If you get to John 1-1, we know that we have the Son of God present in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. So we know that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are present at creation. And they're the only three that are there. So they're the only three that are qualified To tell us how the earth began. They're the only ones that are qualified to tell us how life began and and how anything happened. This word, Genesis, simply means beginning. So it's the beginning of time. It's not the beginning of God, it's the beginning of, of time. Time's not for God, time is for you and I. Time is for heaven and earth, time, time is, is for things that God has put in motion, but God is omnipresent, and he's not just omnipresent as in space, as in he's not limited by space, but he's neither limited by space nor time. If he were limited by time, then how could he have already written Revelation? If he were limited by time, how could he have already carried John and showed him a place that we ain't even got to yet? So, so God being omnipresent is not bound by anything. So time is simply for us. So Genesis is the beginning. It's the beginning of heaven and earth. It's the beginning of life and death. It's the beginning of sin. It's the beginning of the shedding of blood. We know that God killed the animal. was the shedding of blood for the sin there of Adam and Eve. It's the beginning of choices. Right from wrong. Choices that we still face, but, but this is where they all begin. It's the beginning of the scriptures. It's, it's the book of generations of, of all things. It, it is the book of degeneration through sin. And then it is the book of regeneration through the shedding of blood. It's where everything begins. It's the beginning of rules. It's the beginning of breaking rules. Amen. God gave him one rule and he couldn't even keep that one. It's the book of first. A book of facts. The book of Genesis is the beginning of everything except God. Psalm chapter 90 verse 2 says, Before the mountains were brought forth, wherever thou hadst formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. So so Genesis is is not the only account that we have of creation. We saw John 1.1. We learned that the word was present there with him. If you want to read, I'm not going to take time to go there. If you read Psalms 104, Psalms 104 gives us a good account of the creation story. As a matter of fact, those of you that are reading the Bible through in a year, we're about to come up on a glimpse of some of the things that are involved in the creation story in the book of Job. When we get over to chapter 38, 39, and 40, we'll be there pretty quick but when we get there that's when Job gets scolded and I'm very familiar with that passage because that's the woodshed that God took me to that night when I was mad at God as if I had a right to be and, and God didn't kill me but he did take me to the woodshed when I said very plainly you got something you want to say to me now is your time to say it and I hope in the book If yeah, Job 38, 39, and 40 will clip your wings and, and he talks some about the creation because he talks about where were you when I hollowed out the oceans where were you when I spanned the heavens? Tell me in your infinite wisdom if you can. And, and so we get a good bit of the creation story there as, as he talks about the, those things. And, and God here, he's not timid about the creation story. It's not like he's trying to find a way to, to navigate into this conversation. He makes it perfectly clear and he makes it perfectly plain. Ten words straight to the point. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, period. In the beginning, that gives us the time, the beginning of time, when time itself began. God tells us who did it. God tells us what he did. Heaven and earth tells us what was created. So Genesis chapter 1, honestly, is I know the entire word of God is centered around Christ, centered around God. It's it's all the gospel. But Genesis chapter 1 may possibly be. The most God centered chapter of all of them because God talks about Himself so much. 32 times he, he mentions Himself by name. It's no wonder the devil is trying so hard to get rid of Genesis 1 1. It's no wonder the devil's working so hard in the public school systems and so hard throughout all of mankind to try to get rid of something as simple as as Genesis 1-1. It's no wonder that the devil's trying so hard to get science to come up with some kind of credible story about creation. It's no wonder that the devil's trying so hard to, to just to sell some kind of lie that man will buy so that he can change this story. See, if you abandon Genesis 1, then, then you've opened a door for Greek mythology. If, if you can abandon Genesis 1, you, you've opened the door for, for, for evolution. You've opened the door for Big Bang theories. You've opened the door for anything that, that the sick minds of man can come up with. If you uh, abandon just one verse, Genesis 1, 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. If you abandon one verse, the devil wins. If you can take just that one and change it, then then the devil can discredit the entire Bible. Here's what I'm talking about. We need to defend the word of God. What the devil is trying to do in just changing one verse. In the beginning, God created heaven and earth. What he's trying to do is discredit the Holy Spirit. Are y'all with me? What he's trying to do is to discredit the creation story. Not a big deal, right? People want to believe in evolution. People might go, it is a big deal. See here, if the Holy Spirit can't be trusted in creation, then how can he be trusted in redemption? If the Holy Spirit can't be trusted in this creation story, how can he be trusted in our salvation story? If, if the Holy Spirit, if he can't be trusted in what he says in Genesis one about heaven and earth, how can he be trusted in Revelation twenty-two when he talks about heaven? If the Holy Spirit, if he can't be trusted in Genesis one-one, then how can he be trusted in John three sixteen? Do you understand the importance that the devil can just take out one? verse genesis 1:1. if he can just change that do you understand why christians can't allow schools to infiltrate our children's mind with the lies that they're teaching about evolution do you understand how important it is that we get that filth out of the school system and they stop teaching lies like big bang theories to our children Do you understand why it's so important that you working in Awana and you working in all the children's ministries, as many of you do, and those that are even back there with them now, why it is so important that that we defend the gospel to those children. They've got to know the truth. They've got to know the lie. It's not common ground. It's not middle ground. It's not agree to disagree. It's right and it's wrong. It's God's word and it's a lie. It's heaven and It's hell. And if the devil can work through their minds to just discredit one verse. If one verse is not trustworthy, then none of it's trustworthy. If it is not the inerrant infallible word of God from in the beginning to amen, then it's not. So what the devil is working is to do to just take this one thing out. There are people who, by their testimony, we're learning in man church the word Christian is lightly used, Right? The word Christian is lightly used. It's disciples that we need to be. So, so people use that term Christian, and, and there's some people, and I'm not passing judgment there. I, I'm just saying that if you're a child of God, there can't be a compromise. And these people seek a compromise. See, they, 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 get, they offer what's called a gap theory. How many know what the gap theory is? A few. So the gap theory is pretty simple, it's easy enough, right? It simply says that between Genesis 1:1 and Genesis 1-2, there's a gap. In the beginning, God created heaven and the earth, period. There's a long gap. The earth was void, without form, dark, and there's a gap in between those two. That gap could be millions of years. And here's what they do to try to justify their story. They say, we know that's right because Genesis 1-2 says that the earth was without form and void and darkness upon the face of the deep. And God would have never created anything that, that was dark and void. And, and, and so, therefore, he couldn't have created it. So they, so they come up with these ideas about, about what must have happened, that God would have created it in Genesis 1, and it wasn't like that. And he doesn't tell us the rest of the story. And then they say, you know, probably something like a comet struck the earth. And, 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 it, and it killed all the life on the earth. Okay, rocket scientist, why did it go dark? It didn't hit the sun. And besides the sun, the sun wasn't there yet. That's not Genesis 1. The, the, when God said, let there be light, there was light. That, that's on day 1 in verse 4. That's not the sun and the moon because it don't show up. I mean, that was day, day 1. The sun and the moon don't show up till the fourth day in verse 16. When God created the greater light to rule the day and the less light to rule the night. So when God said, let there be light, that's not the sun. That's not the sun and the moon. You can do your own study and come up with what light it is. I, I, you can't prove what it is and what it's not. But, but nonetheless, so if that was their theory and their theory was right and, and, and the earth was there and the comet smacked into it, where did the light go? Where did the water come from? Why is it all of a sudden wrapped up with water? So some, some of them, they say, well, there was something like a spiritual war that took place between the angels and the demon and... And that's what left the earth void of life and darkness. Well, you still haven't explained the darkness. You still haven't explained what, where, where the sun went. And, I mean, God hadn't created it yet. So if you haven't explained any of that. They, they, they say that, that things um, radiate or, or, or age by radiation. You know, that, that's how they give us, well, something is so many millions of years old because of the amount of radiation and yada, 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 and... and See, here, here's the problem with the theories of men. You can't give the devil a fraction of an inch or he'll take the world. You, you can't compromise anything with the devil. You, you can't give him a corner of room to work. He takes enough without getting him getting it. See, see, all of these things are, are the stories of men. And I believe all these stories of men are inspired by the devil and they're simply put there to try to discredit one verse. In the beginning, God. It, it's an attack to try to stop Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, day one, God created the heaven and the earth. Day two, he made some changes. There's this, this sphere put around the earth. Um... Christian science tells us that in that day the sky wouldn't have been blue. The sky would have been a magenta pink because what makes the sky blue in today's world is the radiation from the sun as it enters into the atmosphere. But in that day it wouldn't have been blue because there was no radiation coming through because God had a sphere. The earth was like a greenhouse effect. verse number 6 of Genesis 1, God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made the firmament. And he divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. And it was so. So, so God placed a sphere of water around the earth and created a, a greenhouse effect. God put his hands into the water and he created water beneath and, and water above to create the, this greenhouse effect. You now, it's never rained. There was no reason for it to rain. Because God had created this this greenhouse effect that that watered everything. Even science, all science agrees that at some point the earth has been completely covered in water. There's no arguing that one. But God divided the water from the water and he put part of it in the air. Doubters will try to say, how could you do that? How could you? Well, number one, because he's God. But how could you suspend water in the air to make a sphere around the earth. Well I can give you this from today's science. Science tells that at any given moment. Right now in the form of vapor. There are 460 billion tons of water. In the earth's atmosphere. So there's still a lot of water hanging out up there. They tell me that the, the amount of water. That falls to the earth each year by rain and snow. Is 186,000 cubic miles. That's enough water to cover the earth. Three feet deep all the way around. Everything that's there. That, that's how much falls and, and the vapor back up. And, and so God created things. But but the firmament was to protect the earth from the radiation. See, everything God did, God did in advance. Y'all ready? Everything that God did was in advance for something else. When, when God created the firmament, it was to protect the earth from the sun that he hadn't made yet. It was to protect the earth from radiation that wasn't even in motion yet. So so we get the two great lights, Genesis 1.16. Um, two great lights, greater rule of day, lesser rule of night. And he made the stars... Also, so the firmament is to protect before the sun is even there. The, the firmament, the firmament was made to protect the sun, but, but also the firmament created water, which is necessary for plants to grow. But there wasn't any plants yet. But then God created plants and put everything there because he was going to make animals. And they had to have something to eat before they got here, right? See, see how God does everything in perfection? See how how God prepares everything before he does something? God created the plants and and the animals and the sun and the moon and the stars before he created man. So before he put man in the garden, everything was in place. I've shared this with you before. They they talk about how many million light years away a star is. Right? Right? They say a lot of the stars that we're seeing may have, by, by science's will term, some of the stars we see may have burned out 100 million years ago because they're 200 million light years away. Well, if it takes the light that long to get here, it means that God didn't just make the stars, He made the stars visible. There's a big difference in just hanging a light up there that nobody can see. Or putting something that the light channels are already in place. That when mankind opened his eyes for the first time, he saw the beauty of all creation. God made everything in perfect. He, he made water before he made anything else. Because water is life. Where there is no water, there is no life. So, so the water is the first thing is there. Everything that was created was created before it was needed. Including the payment for the sins of man. <laughs> Do you understand how everything is so tied together? Why it's so important to protect. In the beginning God created heaven and the earth. John said of, of Jesus. He said behold the Lamb of God. That taketh away the sins of the world. Revelation chapter 13 verse 8 tells us. That, that the devil is going to make war with the Lamb that was slain. Before the foundation of the world. First Peter chapter one, verse 18, as much as you know, you're not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers. But with the precious blood of Jesus Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. Everything that was needed was created before it was needed. Back to the millions of years things. You can't judge millions or billions of years by radiation that has only been present for less than 7,000 years. You didn't get the radiation until the flood. Listen, this this is a geological fact. All all you got to do is study any form of geology. I'm I'm not... giving you some in-depth something you got to go to great lengths and study for years to learn this granted this did come from my creation science classes but I'm just, I'm just giving you ge- geological facts the dinosaurs that they claim to have lived millions of years apart and the plants that they claim to have been millions of years apart are all found in the same layer of rock sedimentation do you know what that means they died at the same time At least within a few hundred years of each other. If they were millions of years apart. As much as the earth moves and things move. They they would have been in different layers of rock. there, There are no millions of years evidence in their studies. It's the same kind of lies about evolution. But. But. If the devil can get us to bend just a little bit. He'll distort the whole thing. If the devil can get you to bend on, in the beginning, God created heaven and the earth. If he can just get you to bend on one, now he's got you headed in the wrong direction. If he can get mankind to to just, as a whole, take out one verse and and begin to buy into the lies that man teaching. Once he he feels like he's proven that 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 verse has some doubts in it, then he's going to attack your salvation. Then he's going to attack the blood. Then he's going to attack eternal life. Then he's going to take away the damnation of hell that he's guaranteed to go to and everybody that follows him. If he can just get us to buy in to the one thing. Genesis 1 makes no bones about it. It offers no exceptions. There is a literal six day creation by God himself. It's all right there in detail. Verse number one, God told us what he did. He told us when he did it. Verse number two. How he did it. See, if we believe God, and, and I do, you do, yep, yep. then there's no room for debate. There, there, there's no room to to try to agree, to, to disagree. There's no way that we can ever come to terms with anybody who doesn't believe the scriptures because they don't believe God. Period. How many of you know people? And think of them right now. They claim they're gonna go to heaven. They think they are, and they claim to believe the Bible, most of it. <laughs> but Jonah's a perfect example. I mean, I don't believe it really happened like that. I mean, I believe it's a, a metaphorical story. I, I believe something. I mean, nobody got swallowed by a fish. well, that's not what God said. You, how, how many of you know people like that? They, they, they claim to be a Christian, they, they claim that, that I think I'm going to heaven, and, and I believe most of the Bible, but, you know, I got a problem with this more than take it up with God. Because the reality, you either believe God or you don't believe God. And, and if you don't believe he knows what he's talking about here, then how can you believe he knows what he's talking about in your salvation? So, so <coughs> we, we can't come to terms <coughs> with people who simply don't believe God. We, we have no common ground. Verse number First first ten times, for the first of ten times here in chapter one, we, we see that God said. So, so God sets the, the first commandments in order, and the first commandments are to creation, and they've never been broken. What, what God set into place has never been broken. People want to debate the word of God, there, there's no room for debate. They want to debate evolution, there's no room for debate. They want to debate Big Bang theories. There's no room for debate. When, when somebody says, you mean that you can believe in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. And, and that there's just God that just spoke everything into existence. And he just said it and it was so. You're telling me you believe that? My answer is absolutely yes. Because I don't have the faith to believe the garbage you believe. It's pretty easy for me to, go to, for me to know that there's a creator that has the power. To, to speak everything into existence, to form man out of the dust of the earth and breathe the breath of life into his nostrils. Pretty easy for me to believe that compared to the thing that, that you're trying to give me. You're trying to tell me there's some explosion somewhere. Well, where'd it come from? <laughs> if there's nothing, what caused the explosion? Because explosion isn't a chemical reaction. So where are the chemicals? What, what made the explosion? So you're telling me you believe there's an explosion, although there's nothing there to cause it. Okay, let me give you that one. You can have your explosion. Just keep it. You had your explosion. Your explosion says (coughs) that from the explosion, life was created. Sorry, but an explosion is death. An explosion is destruction. It is to get rid of something, not the beginning of something. So you said that this explosion created an amoeba. And and this is the form of life. One little cell. So from this explosion of death came one little cell of life. And, And you can believe that. That's okay, I'll give you that. I'll give you your explosion. I'll give you your amoeba. You have your explosion, you have life, and you're one amoeba. You can believe that one little amoeba, over billions of years split, and it became every plant, every cell, every fish, every animal, every human, everything that's there, (coughs) that that one little cell became everything that there is. Some of those cells became humans that can talk and communicate. Some of them became fish that can swim and breathe underwater. Some of them became snakes that crawl on the ground. Some of them became trees. Some of them became flowers. But they all came from the same amoeba, and they all became all this different stuff that I can see. But then, at some point, at some point, it stopped evolving because, as far back as we've got history, we don't see it evolving. So it took all this time for this one cell to become all this, and then it just stopped. And and you you can believe all that. <coughs> Excuse me. You know, I got a thing on my phone yesterday. It buzzed, and I looked at it, and, and it said pollen warning. Did y'all get that on y'all phone from your weather services yesterday? Anybody get that? Y'all didn't get that? Somebody did. Well, it was a waste of time. My nose has already told me that. I thought, my phone can stop sending me those kind of things. I I, I already know. By by the way, that came from an amoeba. Did y'all know that? that? That was one of those plants that all came together. Isn't it amazing what somebody will attempt to believe from the devil just to keep from believing the Word of God? Isn't it amazing the foolishness that somebody will attempt to believe just to keep from believing in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth? Isn't it amazing the amount of time in the billions of dollars that mankind is spending to try to come up with some kind of theory as to the, how it all began when it's been written since the beginning. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. I don't need anything else, but it is very important that we defend what we have. I'll give you I got I got a minute, I'll give you one more from the non believer. They they say from Genesis 1, 9, God said, let the waters under heaven be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. And God called the dry land earth and the gathering together of the waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. They say, the Bible says, let the waters under the heaven be gathered into one place and let dry land appear. One place. They say, let the waters be gathered into one place. They say, but it's not. We have all these different oceans, and we have all these You know, you would think incredibly intelligent people would be smart enough to figure this out on their own. At no point does land divide the water on this earth, it's the water that divides the land. The United States doesn't separate the Pacific and the Atlantic Ocean, they touch around us. We just happen to be in the middle of them. It at all places. So the water is in one place. God has just allowed some land to rise up in the middle of them. Land is really nothing much more than an island. It doesn't matter. You put U.S., you Canada, and, and all the countries down here together. That that's, that's nothing but one big island. And it's all surrounded by the water that is in one place exactly the way God. I, all you got to do is look up in Google. You got to take my word. Just look at, look at a space shot of the earth and see it for yourself. There's a reason the whole thing's blue. It's covered in water. It's not that complicated. And, and they try to argue the, the simplest of things. At no point, at no point can we just agree to disagree. At no point. Can you let your children come home from school and try to negotiate evolution and big bang theories and garbage that are taught? You need to tell your children those are lies from the pits of hell. This book tells us how it comes. Listen, I I get it. I get it. You're trying to get your children to go to school and pay attention and learn stuff and you try to get them to learn. But you still got to teach them what's right. You can't let them learn everything that that lie in school is trying to teach them. Because that world out there is trying to teach them all kinds of garbage. And you and I know that. It's up to us to teach them the truth. It's up to us to defend the word of God. Because if we don't defend it, the generation behind us won't have it. If God's children, you say, well, it's God's word. God can defend. No, God put us here for that. Well, it's God's salvation. God can save souls. You're right. God's the only one that can save souls. But we're the one that's supposed to tell them. They're not just going to stumble into it in most cases. God put us here. God works through man all throughout the word of God. Everything he does, he uses man. He uses his people to accomplish his will. That makes it our goal to defend his book. That makes it our goal to stand up and say, Thus saith the Lord, in the beginning God. Period. It's not about evolution. It's not about big Bang. It's not about all the stories and, and the lies and all the things that man can come up with. It's about one thing. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Period. Let me look at that. I'm just curious. Mm-hmm, I should have known. Ten words. The number ten represents testimony, law, and responsibility. Should have known, Right. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm out of time. They're going to be through with our kids in a little bit. i got time to start another, and I sure don't have time to get off down to the next section of Genesis. I don't know why God put it so much on my heart. I just know it's been on my heart hard for the past week. And to be honest, I was, I was going to give somebody else an opportunity. I appreciate Scott. Friends, a great message last Wednesday, and I wanted to take three or four weeks and give several of our, our, our young men and, and preachers an opportunity to preach. And I, I even wanted to this Wednesday. But I couldn't get past this. I couldn't get past this, and I don't know why it's so important for us, but I don't. I, I, I know it doesn't, it doesn't take a lot of people to make a difference. I, can, I see that in the Bible. I see that in the Acts of the Apostles. I see that in the life of the Apostle Paul. I see that in the life of Peter. It doesn't take a lot of people to make a difference. There's enough of us here to make a difference. There's enough of us here to stand up and say, thus saith the Lord. I don't know. I, I didn't realize it tonight that some of our children's workers would be in here. And that night would be a fun night. I learned that when I found out my wife was going to do fun night. I always get to find out, how. Oh, oh, Lord, I got a fun night tonight. Well, God, thank you. God, thank you for this book. Thank you for the truth. Thank you for giving us this book that we may know the truth. God, thank you that I know that in the beginning God created I know that before the beginning, my salvation was already planned. My redemption was already in motion. The Son of God had already prepared the cross. My my redemption was already in place. You knew Adam would fail before you ever put him there. You knew I'd be a sinner on my way to hell. And you made a way. God, you you made everything that was needed before it was needed. (laughs) God, what an absolutely perfect book. Thank you so much for this book, God. I pray you'd use us. Help us, Father, to defend it in its purity, God, to to stand on thus saith the Lord. God, I pray you'd take this group of people, Lord. I pray a hedge of protection around everybody, every family represented. Would you bless them, God? Make us usable vessels in your hand. We love you, God. You've been good to us. But we just want to serve you. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. amen.